I'll be reading Luke 2, 1 through 7. You can follow along in the program, or if prefer, you can find it on page 724 in the P Bible. At that time, the Roman emperor, Augustus, decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinus was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no lodging available for them. This is the word of the Lord. So we get ever closer to the manger. We become more excited along the way. You know, in Scotland... Uh, shepherds will take their sheep in the hotter weeks, the hotter months, sometimes to the highlands area because it's cooler, especially at night up there. But the sheep never feel as much at home there. And they say it's so fascinating that when they make the journey back down to what they call the sheep's fold, the real home where the sheep are, they can sense that the sheep are getting more and more excited as they get closer to home. And you and I are getting closer to home even now. For tomorrow night, we will celebrate the manger together. And we're still journeying to the manger. And this morning, we're talking about from Nazareth to Bethlehem. And let's just jump right into it. First of all, the journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem speaks to our stories of hardship. And initially, I want us to focus on the hardship of just one person, and that's Mary. I remember last year when Deanna and I went to visit our son Nick, who was studying in Greece at the time. And one day, uh, Deanna and I took a uh, car trip uh, with a driver, a tour guide, to Nafplio, which is a beautiful city over in Greece, and then he took us to ancient Corinth. Uh, His name was John, and it was so cool. It was so cool to stand right there at the Bema that's talked about in the book of Acts where Paul stood uh, by the judgment seat and uh, by the, uh, the emperor's servant, and it's just an amazing experience. But our driver was named John, and John was Greek, And he was very passionate about being Greek. He was passionate about all things Greek. And so we would pepper him with questions about all things Greek. And especially when he got passionate about it, he would begin like every soliloquy with look. And he just wanted to make a point. He would say, look, Greece has always had the best food in the world. You know, well, tell us a little bit about ancient courts. Look, it is magnificent. And then he goes off, you know. Uh, when are we heading back home? Look, we will get back soon, but for now, let's enjoy our time together. It was look at the beginning of every paragraph that he would uh, discuss. And I want to use that this morning for emphasis because of this. If you were to ask me, what was it like for Mary and Joseph to travel from Nazareth to Bethlehem? I would begin with look. Because if you were to say, you know, well, was it hard for them? <laughs> that would be an understatement. Very much an understatement. I would want to emphasize that, well, let's put it this way. Mary um, was betrothed to Joseph. By the time they married and moved through that phase of betrothal, betrothal, she was uh, five months pregnant. And then she hears about Elizabeth being pregnant, and so she journeys nine days there to go visit Elizabeth, stays with her three months to help out with the baby, John the Baptist, and then heads back home, another nine-day trip. At that point, she is nine months pregnant. 
nine months pregnant. Say that with me. Nine months pregnant. And she's thinking, though, well, it's so good to be home. So good to be in my hometown of Nazareth. I know the midwives here who will help me give birth to this child. I have my extended family here. I have everything familiar and secure around me. And then a Roman centurion comes along and says what? I have an announcement to make. The emperor is taking a census. And whoever your husband or father is, you have to go back to their hometown where his family owns property for the sake of the census. And out of that census, we're going to tax you some more. Have a good day. And he leaves. She's not, what is she? Nine months pregnant. Forced to travel probably around 10 days. Now, I want to show you two possible routes that they would have taken, perhaps, from uh, uh, Nazareth to Bethlehem. And I hope you can see this. And I appreciate Stephen Ray helping to make this even a little bit clearer. Two routes you could take. I'm convinced of the one that Mary and Joseph took. One way, you could start up here in Nazareth where you see the green uh, uh, pointer there, and you go down just a little bit, and then go east. You cross the Jordan River there, go 60 miles south, recross the Jordan, and go back through part of the Judean wilderness down to uh, Bethlehem. That was done quite often by Jews to avoid this area that was known as what? Samaria. You wanted to avoid the Samaritans, right? So often they would do that. But it was still a difficult journey. And the other problem with this type of journey is it was three extra days of travel. She's nine months pregnant, probably does not want to have to take that route. Most likely, and most scholars agree with this, they probably went due south from Nazareth here, going through the Valley of Jezreel, going on down. This is called the Way of the Patriarchs, by the way. And they came due south, went this way, went through Shechem, went through Sychar, and just came on down. The first part of the journey is much easier here than going this way across the Jordan. The second part, though, and as you can see, the brown part there, uh, they had to cross over some small mountain ranges, three to be exact. But still, you saved about three days going that way. Now, people say, well, wouldn't they be like most Jews then who would want to avoid going through Samaria? First of all, I think Joseph and Mary were probably a little more open-minded. They raised a child who was obviously obviously more open-minded about people in general. But uh, I think very much so they went this way because whenever there was a big um, event, like let's say the Passover in Jerusalem or the Feast of Booths in Jerusalem, Jews who were up here in Galilee would travel en masse. They would travel together and go due south. Even though they weren't crazy about going through Samaria, if they were in a big crowd and they felt secure that way, they would go that way. Well, there's no greater crowd having to migrate somewhere when there is a Roman census. So no doubt there was a huge crowd of Jews up here in Galilee, in Nazareth, and going down this way. And so they just went along with the majority of the people who went that way. So they went the way of the patriarchs, I'm convinced. And another uh, person who's convinced of that is Adam Hamilton, a wonderful pastor, uh, Methodist pastor, uh, who will trace that in just a minute. But you know what? Either way they took, it was a grueling trip anyway, and a grueling trip for a woman who's nine months expecting. But I want to show you and, and let Adam Hamilton, this is a few minutes, but I want you to keep in mind that, that with this route that they took, that she was very, very expectant. Let's look at this for a minute. How difficult that trip must have been for a woman in her state. 
what a difficult transition. And again, thinking that everything was going to be fine up in Nazareth, no severe transition, and yet suddenly they have to traverse some difficult, difficult terrain in order to get back down to Bethlehem. Such hardship for her. And we've got to keep in mind that the Advent story is not all smooth and easy in the way sometimes it appears on Christmas cards. There's a lot of disruption that goes on, a lot of difficult transition. If I were to ask you right now, what is a difficult transition that you have faced in the last year? Is it the loss of a loved one? Is it some illness that you or your family had to face? Is it someone in your family that you've had difficulty with? Is it some kind of conflict related to work or school? Whatever it might be, we all traverse through those challenging moments. And yet you have Mary here, whom we've already talked about in weeks prior, how she has this wonderful sense of obedient surrender to God. She really is this premier example of Romans 8.28, right? In all things God works for good for those who love Him, those who, who are called according to His purpose. And I think that final word, purpose, is very important, which brings us to the second point, that the journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem speaks to our stories of providence. You know, some things happen in our lives And it's hard to find a reason for it. Some people try to impose a reason for it because it makes it more explainable. We've talked before about the half-truths, like uh, everything happens for a reason. No, sometimes we can't see the reason for something, but God always works His purposes in and through those issues. There's a difference difference between reason and purpose. Which is why Paul says, in all things God works for good for those who love the Lord, those who are called according to his purpose or purposes. God's always working his purposes in and through those things that sometimes we can't even explain, the hardship, the trials that we face. And he's always there for us, and we can be there for each other. And I wasn't going to share this, but our dear brother Brian Bonds, who's been battling ALS, Saw him just this last week, and he said, I, I want to tell you something. You know, and I listen very hard to Brian these days when, when he has something significant he wants to share. And he said, I want to, I want to give you a snapshot of Brookwood. This, this is Brookwood uh, at the bone. And I was like, okay. He said, in just the last few days, I got, and I, and I didn't ask these people permission to mention this, so I'm not going to say, but, say their names, but he said, I heard, first of all, from so-and-so, whose family has battled cancer. And he just wanted to call and offer words of support for me and assure me that they're praying for me. And then there was someone else who called whose family has battled cancer more recently with with one of their children. And then he said the other day, I got a call from someone who lost a member of the family. And that person said, I'm bringing something over to you. He said, you know, these are three people in families that have faced hardship this year. He said, and it's those people who are coming to me and bringing me comfort and support and encouragement. He said, that's, that's what Brookwood is so, so good at. And I was, I was inspired to hear from him about that because we all journey through those difficult ways. Sometimes, just like Mary, you know, we have to take journeys we don't want to take. We have to walk roads we don't want to walk. I'm reminded, though, even as they took the way of the patriarchs there, you know, they passed by where Abraham crossed over that trail, and and it's when Abraham was told that he would have thousands and thousands of descendants. Uh, They passed the very roads that were walked by prophets like Samuel and Ezekiel and Elijah and Elisha, 
who prophesied about this coming Messiah. And then the prophets went silent for a number of years, but now you have Mary and Joseph going along that same road, the way of the patriarchs, and she's about to give birth to God's only begotten son. It's a beautiful uh, road of providence. None of those people whom I just mentioned had an easy life by any stretch, and yet they trusted that God would work his purposes through them in spite of the difficulties they would have to face. Think about it. They passed through Sychar, probably stayed a night in Sychar, Mary and Joseph, drank from Jacob's well. Little would she know that 30 years later, the baby she would give birth to shortly would wind up witnessing to a woman at that well a Samaritan woman who needed to know about the living waters that he talked about. It's a beautiful, beautiful image of how you and I go through these difficulties and yet God's providence is working in and through it. You know, we have our own share of heartache. Even even during the Christmas season, it can be a very painful time for some of us, but we got to keep walking, keep walking that road because we're getting closer to home. You know, we are his sheep in a way, and we're trying to get to his pasture. Even better, we're trying to get closer to the manger because that's really home for us during the Advent season. Back in the 1980s, I remember a reporter who wrote about war-torn Sarajevo at the time, and and, uh, the city was being bombed by the Serbians, and they were bombing residential areas like where we live in the suburbs. They were bombing these residential areas, and they did it on Christmas Day, even though a ceasefire had been promised. And they were shelling all these areas. Uh, there were a dozen people who were killed by 7 p.m. that evening uh, due to the shelling. This was on Christmas Day. How tragic and evil is that? And yet he said, my heart was arrested after the shelling stopped. In fact, let me just read what he said. He said, my heart suddenly was arrested because from several directions, from several churches, as soon as the shelling ended, I heard people singing Christmas carols. Now that's perseverance and trusting in God's providence. That's realizing that even on that journey of hardship, even on that journey of difficulty and trial, we're still moving towards the manger. So let you and I do the same. Let's pray together. I want you to take just a moment to meditate on this question. What is the tough part of your journey right now? Just in in your spiritual journey through this life, through this part of reality, what is it that you are struggling with? What has made the journey difficult? What is is that road you've, you've had to travel that you wish you did not have to travel? Like Mary, let's challenge ourselves and ask God to help us to be all the more confident and faithful and persevere in our faith, trusting that in his providence he's working his purposes and that he is with us through it all. Will you just lift up that prayer that as you journey whatever, through whatever challenge it is right now, that you'll commit yourself all the more trusting that God is there, that his surpassing peace can indeed guard your heart and get you through that particular difficult part of the road. Please do that. Lord, we confess that there are some of us here who understandably 
are going through difficulty, and, and this, this Christmas season is, is particularly painful for whatever reason, oh God, and we lift them up especially. May we be there for them, and may they be keenly aware that they are surrounded by love and, and prayers, intercessions that are lifting them up closer to you and bringing them closer to the manger. We ask that you be with us personally, O oh God, with whatever it is that, that each of us is struggling with, whatever source of pain there is, whatever source of, of conflict, whatever source of confusion or uncertainty there is right now, we lift that up to you and help us simply to keep going, just as Mary did, just as Joseph did, trusting that soon we will be at the manger and we can renew our faith in you and in the journey you've set before us. We pray these things in your name. Amen.